0: So how's the weather over there? Is it getting crazy yet?
1: It's cold and windy, but I don't think we're going to get much snow.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, that's so good. We won't
1: know truly till tomorrow, but it's already in the negatives.
0: Wow. Well, yeah, it's not that cold here yet, but we're scheduled to get dumped on like four to eight inches tomorrow, starting at around noon.
1: Well, that sucks.
0: Yeah. So anyone around here uh, in the Chicagoland area stuck inside tomorrow? welcome in let's have a podcast let's have a chat about football
1: yes let's wait what are we doing two
0: best of friends you think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me you are lying i want that yeah. record that you're done. who think they know football i will not listen to any slander against the great name of ezekiel elliott i think you're an idiot bring you unprecedented
1: access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. a freaking
0: moron. Let's be real, Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man.
1: Because here, it's real football by real fans.
0: We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that.
1: The 2M Football Show starts
0: now. And welcome in, come one, come all. to the latest episode of the 2M Football Podcast. That was the clunkiest <laughs> opening ever. It always is. You say that every week. <laughs> it's always true. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I see something happening in my mind and, uh, you know, doesn't maybe translate. It sh- maybe it should stay there. <laughs> okay. Well, I I'm sorry. You vol- I've,
1: I've been on a roll all day.
0: I don't see you volunteering.
1: <laughs> oh, no it's way more fun to judge
0: this is true just ask the yankees
1: oh (laughs) i got that one
0: i wasn't sure because it's baseball and i don't know if you follow baseball (laughs) no i don't but i got that one most impressive um all right so let's get started Honestly, I still feel like I'm coming down from the, the high of, of the other football, <laughs> the World Cup final. Just the still other football. <laughs> Depends which country you're in, whether that's the other football or if the NFL is. <laughs> for us, it's still the other football. And even for me personally, I've only been watching soccer, you know, seriously for about two years. But, but so that maybe this isn't saying much in my limited experience, but man, that game was wild. Um, but let's talk about some NFL action. There was, uh, it was hard transitioning from, from that world cup final that went, you know, to penalty shootout, you know, messy and all that to the, a bears game. That was a rough transition (laughs) (laughs) because the, the soccer match ended up going so long that there were literally like two minutes between the end of the soccer match and kickoff of the bears game. And I was just like, well, this is where your life's at. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But there was a lot of great football uh, played this weekend. We're going to talk about it today. Quick week 15 recap. Try to make it quick. I feel like so much happened, actually.
1: We do this every
0: week. But we'll take a quick... I I need to stop saying that word. Don't let me say that word again this episode. Uh, We're going to take a look at the playoff picture and how things are looking with just three weeks to go. Preview each week's 16 matchup. And then Fantasy Corner, we uh, will not spend much time there because there's not much to talk about in terms of our teams. (laughs) Stupid bullshit. Let's talk about uh, about Week 15. There were some crazy finishes all throughout the league. Uh, We had two games ending with defensive touchdowns. There were three overtime games. Honestly, should have been several more before really weird, fluky stuff happened. Uh, We had more playoff spots get clinched, including the 49ers. And uh, I know that's not the only one. That's the only one I wrote down. And we saw the return of Zach Wilson to the Jets' starting lineup after his controversial um, comments uh, a few weeks ago.
1: I was trying to figure out where you were going with that, but I I followed along.
0: Yeah, Mike White, unfortunately suffered a rib injury and was not cleared to return, paving the way for Wilson to... um,
1: I mean, is it just one rib? Because the number of times he got hit.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's more than
1: one bruised Mm -hmm. rib going on there.
0: Very possible. So, um, yeah, so we're going to talk about some of these games. I want to touch on our sleepers, our playoff sleepers first. Not uh, overall, just looking at all four of these teams. Not in terrible shape going into the final three weeks of the season. All these teams have a shot still. Uh, however, my Dolphins suffered a loss against their division rivals, the Bills. Uh, this was one of the Saturday games, the Saturday night game. And, man, the ending of this game was just magical with the snow coming down. Um, over Very
1: good, very good Orch- December football.
0: Yes, yes. Um, I don't know, this was a great game. The Bills ended up winning 32-29 offenses trading blows all night. The Dolphins actually held an eight-point lead in the fourth quarter. They were up 29-21. But from that point, they gave up the game-time touchdown plus two-point conversion, were quickly forced to punt themselves, and never saw the ball again. And this was around the point, you know, six or seven minutes left in the game. Snow was falling hard and fast, and Josh Allen led the Bills, as he's done so many times on a six-minute 76-yard drive that ate up the entire clock and set up Tyler Bass for the game-winning kick. Uh, There was no point in this drive that it looked like Miami's defense was going to make a stop. It just felt inevitable. But uh, one thing that was funny right before the game-winning kick, (laughs) apparently there's a rule. uh, You can't use a towel to wipe snow off the field. So you saw the entire team using their hands and feet to brush the snow off of the field in the spot that the kick was going to be held. Uh, from. Do you remember
1: in the Chicago rain game? Yeah. we the, the bears took a penalty because they threw a towel down to soak up the water. And that was like, uh, it was an oh, like penalty.
0: I do remember. Wow. Good. I didn't remember that as I was writing this, but now that you say it. Yeah. It's fine. So yeah. There you go. That rule came back into play here, except the Bills actually knew the rules and uh, did not use a towel. And of course they made the kick. And for the Dolphins, uh, they played well, but this is their third loss in a row. Now they're sitting at eight and six. Uh, It's getting a little more crowded in the uh, playoff bracket or in the, you know, at the bottom of the standings of who's in right now, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. The Saints got a win. What'd you say? Nothing. For what it's worth, the Saints got a win this weekend as well, or not as well. The Dolphins lost. Uh, the Saints win. Right. <laughs> Way to
1: contradict yourself, right, right out of the but
0: game. There, there. You, all, you know, I corrected it uh, before I, because I knew you would if I didn't. <laughs> the Saints, and their weird quarterback by committee approach, <laughs> led the Saints to victory, and uh, with Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill, I believe both throwing touchdowns, right? And uh, yeah, I didn't pay much attention to this game because I have all but disowned the Saints at this point. Ironically, though, they're just a game behind the division-leading Buccaneers in the tragedy that is the NFC South.
1: Well, and it's interesting that they're taking this by committee approach. I don't, I don't know what what they're thinking or what they're doing, but I mean, if it's secure to win, I guess you could argue doesn't work. But it is the Falcons that are playing
0: though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really can't take
1: that for its salt.
0: With their third round rookie quarterback Desmond Ritter making his first career start. Uh, But hey, whatever. They got the W. (laughs) Let's move on to your sleepers because I have nothing else to say about
1: this. I mean, the Lions lined on and Zach Wilson back off the bench with the injury to Mike White. Um, Not a terrible start. I mean, they were, uh, Wilson was 18 for 35. Goff was 23 for 38. The big difference here is Goff played a clean game, no picks, one touchdown versus Zach Wilson threw a pick. Um, the only touchdown that Detroit managed to uh, to throw was to Brock Wright, who went in kind of untouched uh, into the end zone. Meanwhile, it was the, uh, the tight end day because CJ Uzama is the one that was on the receiving end of the two touchdowns from Zach Wilson. But the defenses is kind of where everything played. I mean, there was a, a kickoff. No, I don't know if it was a kickoff or a kick return for a touchdown on the defensive side for Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Detroit showing like they're they're here. They're in the midst of this. They are not going away, and they they're now seven and seven.
0: Yeah, and I believe what are they six and one over their last seven games, something like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, after a one and six start.
0: Yeah, impressive. Very um, impressive.
1: And I would say, and I've heard some other people make comments about this, that they may be the scariest team because I think we've 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 sort of mocked Detroit for so long that they're kind of like Cleveland, right? Nobody really takes the team seriously, and I feel like that could be problematic. We saw that with uh, the Vikings. Where, where they're kind of underestimated and then you get smacked around and now is where you can't afford these games if you're both teams they're both seven and seven they're both eyeing a playoff spot this is not the time to uh make silly mistakes
0: yeah this this loss hurts for the jets uh, on the other side by far
1: the most i don't know if wild crazy
0: uh, yeah it's all an understatement i feel like there's I, I don't Whatever know.
1: the I, hell happened at the end of this game. Yes. Um, but the Raiders beat New England. Um, and pretty much went toe to toe. Well, this, this was
0: another game that was seemed destined for overtime.
1: Uh, especially because, you know, it was, you know, I don't know. It was it all came down to that weird lateral pass by Ramonde Stevenson to Jacoby Myers. And it was fumbled and recovered by Chandler Jones and returned. Well, technically
0: from... technically fumbled, but I feel like that doesn't do it justice. If you, if you saw the play, it was, uh, you know, the game was tied three seconds on the clock. Patriots had the ball, but they were not in field goal range, not in hail Mary range. So they, they just call it running play. Right. And yeah, Stevenson takes it. He actually gets, you know, pretty far, um, probably farther than he was expecting. I don't know why he didn't just go down, but instead of, uh, you know, whatever, running out of bounds, allowing himself to be tackled, because time had expired. There was no point in... They, there were no more plays to be run in regulation, but instead of being t- letting himself get tackled, yeah, he laterals it to Jacoby Myers, who, who throws it, you know, backwards. So technically it is a, a lateral and a fumble all the way across the field. The only one in the area... Is, um Mac Jones, but instead it's Chandler Jones who catches it, trucks the ever-loving bejesus out of Mac Jones, and then, yeah, runs it in for the, the walk-off touchdown. Just one of the weirdest plays I've ever seen. I, I think it was just improvisation on Stevenson and Jacoby Meyer's part. I, I don't think that was the plan. I don't think Belichick drew that up. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I don't know even what to say about that. I mean, Carr had a pretty good game, three pa- three touchdowns, one interception. Josh Jacobs ran for almost a hundred yards. Um, you know, the ball was spread out pretty well amongst the receiving core. Uh, Jacobs did uh, well. Carr and Jacobs both did fumble, um, with Jacobs recovering his. But I mean. Yeah, this is more. I think more of a glaring thing on New England of like what is going on because that did not look like New England style football. Yeah. Um, to tell you how hilarious that that pass for Jacoby Myers is, or the rush that so they have it down as a rushing thing at one point for Jacoby Myers, but it went for negative twenty
0: yards. Oh. He <laughs> um, threw it backwards. Yeah, that was funny. Yes.
1: And Ramondre Stevenson had a single reception for negative four yards. So
0: very well done. <laughs> well, yeah, this puts great, uh, though, keep themselves in the hunt for the wild card.
1: Yeah, they're at they're at six and eight with New England still looking at a potential spot at seven and seven.
0: Right. Cool. Well, a couple other games I wanted to highlight. Of course, the Packers, we're going to keep talking about them until they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, (laughs) which they are not yet, thanks to a resounding 24-12 Monday Night Football victory over the visiting LA Rams, Uh, although I would say they picked up a slightly smaller victory the day before when they finally cut Sammy Watkins, who has done absolutely nothing for this team, and I was glad to see him go. But to the actual game, I feel like the Packers were actually a bit more dominant than the score reflects. They turned the ball over twice in Rams territory that took points off the board. One, a pretty bad uh, Aaron Rodgers interception where he overthrew a wide-open Alan Lazard uh, right into the safety's waiting arms. And Aaron Jones also lost a fumble deep into L.A. territory. Um, But the Rams had absolutely nothing cooking on offense. I mean, I guess Akers did... No, average. apparently I Akers had something cooking. It's fine. I, a little bit cooking. They didn't give him enough attempts for it to matter, I guess, but... No, they gave him enough attempts for me to lose. In, yes, true. I misspoke. It did matter to someone. But... Uh, and even, yeah, for the Packers, too, it's a little disheartening to see a guy with literally no offensive line average over five yards a carry, but they're much better against Baker Mayfield and his who he had nobody to throw to either. This Rams team is so depleted, it's ridiculous. But they sacked uh, Mayfield five times, only allowed 111 pass yards.
1: I may have overspent.
0: So he like that. Um, and this is really the only type of game the Packers are set up to win right now. Low scoring, they can rely on their ground game, which they did. They had more rushing attempts uh, than pass attempts. They really did control the clock. A lot of long drives and facing. And... A completely impotent offense on the other side. That's the recipe for a Packers win.
1: (laughs) I don't know how far that's going to get them, but I guess it worked this week.
0: Well, they're 6-8, and so technically still alive in the playoff race. A couple other crazy games that I wish we had more time to talk about. The Jaguars beat the Cowboys in overtime on a defensive touchdown. Big comeback, too. I think they were down uh, 14 or 17 points. It wasn't
1: the biggest comeback of the week.
0: It was not. So, yeah, let's spend a little time here. Colts and Vikings. This was a Saturday's game. A Saturday game in more ways than one. Hello?
1: Yeah.
0: Is anybody still there after that joke?
1: Oh, I didn't even hear the joke I was reading.
0: Oh, is it a Saturday game in more ways than one?
1: Yeah, that's good. I didn't respond to that.
0: That's why I didn't know if that was – if not responding was your response or if you actually weren't listening. Wasn't paying an ounce of attention, but it worked in my favor. It did. Uh, at least it did until we had to uh, explain it. So this game made me so angry as I was watching it. Just the pure incompetence of Jeff Saturday and the Colts. And I just want to say if – I don't know what he's trying to do. This season, if his goal is to help the Colts tank for a high draft pick, then this was a master class by him.
1: Well, and this team failed on all facets. Like, they didn't—all their touchdowns pretty much came from the defensive side.
0: Right. They were all um, set up by weird plays or—yeah.
1: Their inability to run behind the offensive line. Like, something happened to this team, and I don't think it was Frank Reich's fault. I mean, I think Matt Ryan does need to hang it up, but I don't put it all on him. But, yeah, let's— Dive into this here, Mike. Kind of walk us through some stuff.
0: Sure. Well, okay. But on the other hand, if Jeff Saturday is actually serious about wanting to be a coach in the NFL after this season, uh, then uh, not so much of a masterclass here, <laughs> because the Colts were up 33 to zero after a first half where just everything went their way. Dalvin Cook had a rare fumble that they recovered to set up the offense in good position. They blocked a punt, which they returned for a touchdown. At this point, uh, the Vikings were already getting a little desperate and they went for a fake punt on fourth down deep in their own territory, which which failed. Um, The pass was it was a passing play that was slightly overthrown. So, again, the Colts received the ball in excellent field position. Um, You can already see from that score, they settled for a lot of field goals. And this is something we talk about with when you're facing really good offenses. In any time, the best of scenarios like this was, if you keep settling field goals, it's going to bite you. And I don't know if this was just incompetence or if this was blatant taking because it sure seemed like the Colts did everything they possibly could to give this game away in the second half. I would call the play calling cowardly, conservative if you want to be nicer about it. Three different times they settled for a field goal from closer from within 30 yards. So that means they're within the 15-yard line of the other team, of the Vikings. They kept trying to establish a running game that just wasn't happening with Jonathan Taylor hurt and out of the lineup. They had a weird call to go for a late fourth down when a field goal would have put them up 11, made it a two-score game and essentially ice it at that point. And they called a QB sneak, of all things, with Matt Ryan. All the things he's been great at in his career, I don't know that that's necessarily one of them. Particularly, I, will,
1: I wouldn't put that up on the list, but I feel like <laughs> as part of the position, you're going to have to try to pull one of those off now and again.
0: Right. Um, I guess so. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. But I would have, whatever, easy to say now, kick the field goal, go up by two scores. But uh, they went for the fourth down, got stuffed, and then immediately gave up a 70-yard touchdown on a screen pass to Dalvin Cook. The two-point conversion to tie it. Even then, there was two point two minutes to play in regulation, but the Colts had scored three points in the entire second half. They were well, obviously not scoring again. And
1: I just want to throw this at you. Are you ready for this? This shows you how yeah. poorly in the second half the Colts' defense wound up playing. So Dalvin Cook put up 95 rush yards on the ground, but then here's where it gets incredible. He also put up 95 receiving yards. Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne, I hate yeah. the fact I'm saying that right now, <laughs> both put up over 100 receiving yards, with Jefferson putting up 123 and Osborne putting up 157. Thielen put up 41. All four of those people had touchdowns. <laughs> and um, that's an additional one by C.J. Ham was rushed in.
0: Mm, yeah, fullback, right? Mm-hmm.
1: But it just shows you that, like, as much as the offense was clicking, at least, well, at least even field goals, the defense needs to be able to, like, a 33-point cushion is pretty comfortable. But to give up
0: five
1: touchdowns?
0: Yeah, um, that's true. And and we can't overlook, you know, what the Vikings did to climb out of that hole and make the – now the the biggest comeback in NFL history – because they, they went, on, went on to win the game on a field goal in overtime. But Is, man, that,
1: is it ironic
0: that the previous
1: uh, biggest comeback was held by Frank Reich?
0: I did not know that. That is funny. And whatever. I, I want to blame this all on Saturday. I feel bad for Matt Ryan because now he owns the biggest uh, blown playoff lead and the regular season <laughs> lead.
1: And I still want to say, while they weren't very efficient, the defenses cost them both these games.
0: yeah, you can look at both sides, right? and And there's plenty of blame to go around when you blow a thirty three to zero lead. <laughs> anyway, that game just really frustrated me to watch. It's like keep your foot on the gas, you know And not only because I started Matt Ryan in Fantasy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you didn't have KJ Osborne on your bench.
0: I did not. Okay, a couple other. I mean, this was a week for blown leads. The Buccaneers were up seventeen to three, seventeen to zero at one point over Cincinnati. gave up thirty one straight points in the second half, thanks mostly to four turnovers by uh, Tom Brady, two interceptions, two fumbles lost.
1: Kind of reminds you of Week One, where we'll Burrow threw like four.
0: Mhm. Like, I think he had five turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> The Bengals come up, come back to win this game comfortably, 34 to 23, over Tampa Bay. Uh, Chargers beat the Titans. The Texans gave the Chiefs a scare. This is the second week in a row that the Texans have been feisty. They they led the Cowboys much of last week, and it took a late uh, game-winning touchdown for the Cowboys to snatch it at the end. And this game actually went to overtime against Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, And that's despite their top two receivers and their stud rookie running back Damian Pierce all being out due to injury. Uh, But Chiefs get it done in the end. I guess that's about it for the recap. Look at that. We're only at 23 minutes. Let's take take a quick break. Come back. Take a look at the updated playoff picture. Um, Yeah, so there's three games to go in the regular season. Let's take a look at where we sit in terms of playoff teams in the NFC. The division leaders. Mm -hmm. You got the Eagles as the number one seed currently. They're 13 and one. Uh, They would get the first round by if the season ended today. I believe with one more win. Never mind. Um, But if they they, they've clinched a playoff spot, haven't locked up their division yet, but they can do that with a week 16. Uh, That's this upcoming week win over dallas that's gonna be a great game the vikings are the two seed right now at 11 and three and they have clinched the nfc north the niners at 10 and four they're the three seed right now they've clinched the nfc west and then you got the six and eight buccaneers who are still on top of the south for now um but everyone else in the division is tied at five and nine just one game behind them so anything could happen anything it is embarrassing i can't wait to see how that plays out current wildcards are the Cowboys at 10 and 4 who have secured a playoff spot and then uh, you've got the Giants and Commanders so still you've got the entire NFC East in the playoffs The Giants are 8 and 5 and 1 a game above the 7 6 and 1 Commanders who they just beat head-to-head this past weekend but in the hunt is where it's still in the hunt you've got the Seahawks who are 7 and 7 and this is where I've included their remaining opponents which we'll talk about in a second the Seahawks oh. and Lions are both seven and seven, and the Packers. I'm going to keep putting them here until you only. are okay. It's fine. They're six and eight. If they win the remaining three games, they have something like a thirty percent chance of getting in. Uh, I would say they have a zero percent chance of winning all these games, but <laughs> uh, and then in the AFC, in the NFC South, everyone else is still in the mix just because. The Bucks, Saints, and Panthers. Or sorry, the Saints, Panthers, and Falcons all have a the opportunity to overtake the Buccaneers. But let's talk about the wild card first. Um, you've got the so the Seahawks, seven and seven. Their remaining opponents are at Kansas City, home to the Jets and home to the Rams. The Lions are at Carolina, home to the Bears. And then they end the season at Lambeau Field against the Packers. The Packers are in Miami this week, home to Minnesota, and then home to Detroit. Or if they do somehow win those first two games, seems unlikely. But it could all come down to their Week 18 clash against the Lions for that final uh, wild card. I'm spot.
1: sorry to say, but I don't see Green Bay winning. I see them beating Miami, but they're going to lose their two divisional games
0: interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't think they'll beat Miami. So it could hopefully we can just
1: And the and again, it's nothing against Green Bay, but the Vikings are a force to be reckoned with and a very underestimated team. And the Lions have proven and shown their teeth. They're not afraid anymore and this is their chance to turn this franchise around. And they're on a 6 and 1 win streak. They've been underestimated by including the Vikings. And have come out on top. So I really don't think in the way Green Bay is playing, they're designed to win those on the ground grudge matches. And the Lions have had are tied for the league for the most 30-point games this season.
0: Yeah, I agree with you that the Lions have the best shot out of those three teams uh to get in. Because the Seahawks have been impressive, but you know, it's it's hard to see them beating Mahomes in Kansas City. The Jets are Harder than you would expect, uh, especially at home. They'll beat the Rams, but it might be too late by then.
1: So, in reality, all these teams go two and three.
0: Two and one, you mean?
1: Two and one, yes. I'm sorry.
0: No, I think the Packers will go one and two or oh and three. So, I don't oh, Yes,
1: go- Green Bay, yeah. I think they beat the Dolphins, but I think Minnesota is too much. And I think the Lions, like at that point, if Rodgers is even playing, if they lose. To the Vikings, they're out. Yeah. And I think we could see them maybe Rodgers takes a seat in the last game. We get some Jordan Love action,
0: but I would actually like that because I was excited by what I saw from him in that Eagles game a couple of weeks ago.
1: Jordan well, there does. is a rumor circulating with him that if Green Bay does decide to hang on to Rodgers, Jordan Love could potentially request a trade.
0: I could see that. Um, Working out in everybody's favor. If ideally is...
1: he would want to start, and we would move on from Rodgers and kind of just grow with whatever we have, but that'll be a story potentially for the off season.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's talk for a minute about the NFC South, where you've got the uh, yeah I the can bucket. Sum here. it up. It's still going to be Tampa Bay at the end of the day, unfortunately, <laughs> because their remaining opponent. The Buccaneers' remaining opponents are at the Cardinals, who are going to be starting Trace McSorley, <laughs> their third stringer after Kyler's out and uh, Colt McCoy is also out. If that was even their backup, I can't remember. It was one of those, you know. Colt
1: McCoy was the backup.
0: Types. Yeah, he's hurt too. So, guy by the name of Trace McSorley is going to be their starting quarterback. He's
1: going to get a swirly.
0: <laughs> I mean, Brady has already lost to Brock Purdy this year. Maybe
1: he loses to Mick Swirly too. Dude, if you lose to a guy whose nickname is going to be Mick Swirley, you just hang up. You hang up your cleats.
0: Well, he might. Rumor has it that's what's going to happen at the end of the season. But either way, but we will we'll see. Um, so they're at Arizona. You'd expect them to win that game. They're home to the Panthers and then away at Atlanta. That is by far the easiest three games in this division. The Saints are at the Browns, who are no guarantee. They're at the Eagles, going to lose that one for sure, and then uh, finish the season home to the Panthers. The Panthers are against the Lions this week, then on a two-game road trip to end the season against the Buccaneers and Saints. So, you know, Panthers expecting them to go 0-3 or 1-2 in those games. Falcons are at Ravens versus Cardinals versus Bucks. So, you know, one and two. I at think that.
1: they may have the hardest schedule.
0: Depending on Lamar Jackson, yeah, that game could be really interesting this week. But yeah, so it's it's fun to think about the Buccaneers losing the not winning the division somehow. But just based on the remaining schedules, I think it looks like they will be the ones representing. I'm going to sit now.
1: here and say it would be... Amazing if the Panthers of all teams come up out of nowhere.
0: (laughs) That would be the season they've had. How many different starting quarterbacks have they had this year? Three or four? I don't know. Too many. Head coaching change? Yeah. All right. So that's the NFC. Let's flip over to the AFC right now. Uh, You've got the Bills are the one seed currently. They're eleven and three. They've clinched the playoffs and can secure their division crown with a win this week. The Chiefs are also 11-3. I think the uh, Bills just have the tiebreaker head-to-head with that win earlier in the season. The Chiefs have already wrapped up the AFC West. The Bengals, 10-4. They are now the division leaders in the North, uh, thanks to Baltimore's loss. And then the 7-7 Titans look pretty precarious now. Uh, They're just one game ahead of Jacksonville. It looks like Ryan Tannehill is going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, so, we might be seeing the Jags in the playoffs, which would be fun. But the current wild card teams are the nine and five Ravens, eight and six. Are they starters.
1: led by Blake Bortles to the AFC Championship? <laughs>
0: um, and okay. the uh, Chargers and Dolphins are both eight and six. So, Ravens, Chargers, Dolphins are the wild card teams right now. In the hunt, you've also got the Patriots and Jets, who are seven and seven. And then the um, Raiders, Browns, and Steelers are all six and eight, as well as the Jaguars, who have the two paths to the playoffs, either somehow getting into a wild card spot or more likely overtaking Tennessee in the division and and winning it. The
1: world world may never know. Actually, we'll know probably after this week.
0: uh, We'll have a good idea. I'm very excited about, I guess I'll say today's game. As this will release, you know, Thursday morning, the Thursday game this week is Jaguars at Jets, which is fascinating with with both of these teams currently on the outside. But right on the edge of the playoff picture, looking in. Dun-dun-dun. So let's, uh, let's move on to the Week 16 preview. Games ranked as usual by Mike's Watchability Index. And Matt, I was too lazy to create a separate document to put the rankings, so sorry. No surprises, no no fun guessing games. I hate you. You you're officially better at this than me. But here we go, my top. Uh, Okay,
1: I don't. I've (laughs) written (laughs) thanks.
0: Last week when you did this and you and you hid them from me, I, I enjoyed that, but I was not able to do the same. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I know it's so hard to actually fill out a piece of not fill out a piece of paper.
0: And well, what's hard is filling out two pieces of paper. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Eagles at Cowboys is my top game of the week. Although this would become significantly less exciting if Jalen Hurts is not able to play. He's currently considered questionable with a shoulder injury. Although um, apparently Gardner Minshew is tearing it up in practice, so maybe they're good either way. Cowboys Ooh. definitely looking a little shakier after almost losing to the Texans and then losing to Jacksonville in the past two weeks. All right. This is the part where I'm supposed to have made my picks already.
1: Uh, I just want to say how amazing would it be that if let's say Gardner Minshew comes in and plays really well, and let's say they beat the Cowboys. Does that hurt Uh Jalen Hurts chances at the MVP this year? Interesting. I because my take on it is it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it's going to hurt his overall voting, but it does take into consideration you had a second or third string quarterback go in and play just as well.
0: Sure. By by definition, making you less valuable to your team if someone else can come in and do, do the job as well. <laughs>
1: Uh, but I have Dallas actually taking this one.
0: Okay. I got the Eagles. But uh, Cowboys are probably due for a better performance, especially on defense. They've really disappointed the last few weeks. Uh, Jaguars at Jets is my next game. The Thursday night game I already referenced. Jaguars 6-8, Jets 7-7. Seven and seven. They're both right there on the edge of the playoffs. Uh, Jaguars also just a game behind Tennessee in the division. So this game has huge playoff implications. Trevor Lawrence has been so good lately. He's strung. He's finally starting to string together uh, big performances, which is the kind of thing you expect from a you know a, a prospect as hyped up as he was uh, coming into the league. I am taking Jacksonville. It's going to be Zach Wilson again for the Jets. Uh, the game is being played in New York, but I will still go with the Jags.
1: I have Jacksonville as well. I think they've just they. I think they they pull out this one in order to keep themselves alive.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> and I think they could move into the lead in the division if the uh, Titans lose.
1: We'll wait till we get there. Da, da, da.
0: <laughs> oh, Seahawks and Chiefs next for me. Seahawks seven and seven. Chiefs eleven and three. Seattle are going to need to pull off the upset to keep the you know or keep their playoff hopes going, uh, which means the Packers would very much like for Seattle to lose this, and I'm going to cling to that every shred of hope for them <laughs> somehow sneaking in that I can. So let's go Chiefs, and I'm picking Kansas City.
1: I have Kansas City as Val. Well.
0: Giants at Vikings. Uh, the Giants eight and five and one. Vikings eleven and three. This is an interesting matchup because I feel like both of these teams I have called fraudulent at times this season. Uh, they've had bad losses both of them.
1: Yeah, but it's Minnesota. They're they're I can I can't go against it.
0: I'm going I'm going to go against it. Pick the Giants?
1: Ah, uh, you are a terrible human being.
0: <laughs> you, you just know I love Daniel Jones so much. I have to go with my boy.
1: <laughs> Danny Dimes for the win. Commanders at 49ers. Oh, this game could be amazing because you want to talk about feisty teams. You've got the commanders that are still hanging around with Heineke as the quarterback. And then you've got the legend of Brock Purdy.
0: Just keeps growing every week. Same as his, um, anyway, (laughs) right?
1: Mike, focus
0: ron rivera says he he had some quote i don't have it in front of me but it was something like they'll stick with henneke as long as things are going well or something like that because carson wentz is healthy and um they're on the brink of of falling out of the playoffs i think with a loss here if one of the teams you know if seattle or detroit win i think the commanders would fall out of the playoff spot I don't know. But if that even be... if
1: the Commanders, like, think about where this season, where this team was, even if the Commanders fall out of a playoff spot, I still think all personal grudges aside, that Heineke gives this team the best shot to win.
0: Oh, I agree, and I think they've outperformed expectations this year, uh, even to this point. And and I'm taking San Francisco to win.
1: I have Washington. Okay. I, yeah. There
0: you go. All right.
1: Take right there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, they have been good, though. They've played solid defense. Uh, it seems like things have been going too well for the Niners under Brock Purdy. Maybe they fall off. I think off Heineke
1: bit. just rubs it in Carson Wentz's face again. Like, look at who's still in the playoff contention spot. We are.
0: I hope so. I have no desire to see Carson Wentz on the field. I'm sure no More Washington fan amazing does.
1: amazing. Washington loses. They put in Carson Wentz and they lose the rest of
0: the season. <laughs> That would work too. <clears throat> Next, I've got the six and eight Packers traveling to Miami to take on the eight and six Dolphins. This is a tough one for me with my playoff sleeper I love so dearly against my favorite team. Uh, the Dolphins have not looked great recently. Uh, like I said earlier, they've they've dropped three games in a row. Look particularly shaky on defense. Packers need this. And they need to keep winning. Um, I can't. I can't pick them to win this, though. I'm going with Miami.
1: I have Miami as well. I just don't think they're going to be able to handle Jalen Waddell and
0: yeah. the Cheetah. Yeah, right, and they don't have the—even though the Dolphins aren't great on defense, the Packers still don't have enough offensive firepower to keep pace in a shootout. So, if if the defense in the
1: D-line steps up and forces them— you know, to Tua to either release it quick, which throws out the timing, so they have to run the ball, the Packers have a shot. But if Tua gets any type of clean pocket and they can't get pressure on him, this game's going to be over by the end of the first half.
0: And they're going up against their old friend Raheem Mostert, who was a 49ers running back last year, who I'm pretty sure, or maybe I'm thinking of... A couple years ago, they've lost to the Niners in the playoffs so many times, but there was at least one game where cert ran for like 250 yards against them in a playoff loss. And he's on the Dolphins now, so fun, good good times coming for him. (laughs) Lions at Panthers, I've got next. Lions seven and seven, Panthers five and nine. Uh, We've talked quite a bit already about Detroit on taking them to win this game and hopefully (laughs) jump into the playoff spot.
1: Welcome to the bandwagon, brother.
0: Once the Packers are eliminated, I'm officially all aboard. Bengals at Patriots. I've got next the Bengals 10 and four. Patriots 7 and seven, trying to bounce back from whatever the hell happened to them on that last play. I can't. I can't. I can't.
1: I tried to defend them by saying they'll find a way. They found a way to lose.
0: Snatch defeat from the jaws of overtime.
1: Where I think they may have had a shot to win.
0: Yeah, of course. It's at least 50-50, I would have said. But Bengals have been on fire lately. I'm taking Cincinnati.
1: Cincy for the win.
0: Raiders at Steelers, pair of six and eight teams. uh, Still, at least in the Steelers case, kind of surprisingly in the mix. I mean, as much as the Packers are, at least, for a playoff spot. (laughs) Uh, differences difference is they're quarterbacked by Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky versus Aaron Rodgers, but same record at the end of the day. I don't know if Pickett's going to be back here. It's been Trubisky the last couple weeks. Well, Pickett's dealt with a concussion, I believe it is. I'm going to take the Raiders.
1: I have Las Vegas as well. I think they squeak out another one here to keep keep things interesting.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, Bills at Bears. I've got like This
1: is a no-brainer.
0: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Although, I, I will say the Bears played pretty well against the Eagles last week. They kept it close. They picked off Hurts a couple times. I think I saw the stat. He had three interceptions in his first, uh, you know, 11 games or whatever, and the Bears picked him off two times. They forced a couple fumbles and uh, kept the game closer than I would have expected. And uh, Fields has been super exciting. The Bills... Defense has not been great, particularly the run game, the run defense. So don't be surprised if uh, the Bears at least cover the spread, but I'm taking the Bills. I have the Buffalo Bills. Okay, this is. I think I think we're of the same mind here. Texans at Titans. The Texans uh, are. 12. You're presuming
1: a lot, but I'm <coughs> invested in your assumptions.
0: Proceed. The Texans are one in twelve and one. The Titans are 7-7. Seven and seven. Like we've discussed, Houston, they've given the Cowboys and the Chiefs uh, some scares in recent weeks. They played them tough, found some offense somehow, and were actually leading most of those games before eventually losing. The Titans are reeling. They need a win to stay ahead of Jacksonville, and they just lost their starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, likely for the rest of the season. I'm taking the Texans to get their second win of the year right here. Holy (laughs) sh!
1: I have the Texans as well. I think with Tannehill out and how ferocious Houston's been, and they're hungry. A hungry team is the most dangerous team, and right now Tennessee is in the position where they can't afford any falters. And of course, they have you know the king himself, Derrick Henry, but. If they can't manage to get their offensive firepower going down the field, this game's going to get out of hand quick. But I feel like it should be a really good game.
0: I think it's going to be hard-fought, low-scoring. I think Houston will have a chance. Uh, Saints at Browns I've got next. The Saints are 5-9. and nine, Browns are 6-8. and eight. I can't find too much to be excited about here. And I'm taking Cleveland, actually.
1: I have New Orleans. I don't think the Browns have gotten any better with Deshaun Watson under center. Yeah, that that could be true. Yeah, I don't I don't I honestly don't see very much improvement in their offense. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of rust to be had to be knocked off, but sure,
0: they gave than two away years.
1: a lot to make this happen and it's not really
0: happening. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, The Saints, yeah. we knew were going to struggle, though, right, in the aftermath of Drew Brees and all this stuff, and Jameis Winston, who everyone thought was going to kind of be a solid placeholder, and now it's this Andy Dalton, you know. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill sort of, like, crapshoot kind of, well, you're going to play this play, but not this play. I don't know.
0: I just have no faith in the Saints.
1: I still think they could be one of those teams that could ruin somebody's day.
0: Well, they could ruin Tampa Bay's day if if they you know if they lose if Tampa loses and New Orleans somehow beats them to the playoffs, that would be hilarious. Uh, we will see. The Falcons travel to Baltimore, take on the Ravens. The Falcons are sitting at five and nine. Ravens nine and five. This uh, the interesting thing here is is another quarterback injury. If Lamar Jackson is back, then it's Ravens hands down. But without him in the lineup they produced 29 points combined in their last three games. That's even worse than Denver's offense. That's less than 10 points a game. No way. So I, if Lamar is out again, I'm taking the Falcons.
1: I have Baltimore because I can't put much into the Falcons. They're starting a rookie quarterback. Baltimore, I feel, has a little bit more cohesion. They have a little bit better of identity. And I can't put too much on what the Falcons, they have some good players, but they don't have enough.
0: Yeah. I don't think this isn't a vote of confidence in the Falcons. The, the Ravens have just been so terrible uh, without Lamar Jackson. I'm probably wrong either way. Cause they've got uh, JK Dobbins is back. He's running the ball. Well, but they have no passing game to speak of. And it's been brutal but I'm going to take a shot on the Falcons if if Jackson is out. That's what I've got in the app right now, for the record. It's up to me to remember to change it if I hear Lamar is playing.
1: I'm going to pray you don't, because either it's one of two things, you're going to look like a freaking genius, or I'm going to never stop making fun of you.
0: Either will be deserved uh, based on what happens. The 8-6 and six Chargers travel to Indy, take on the Colts. How will they respond to blowing the biggest lead in NFL history? They're going to hire Jeff Saturday as their permanent coach. Well, they are making a quarterback change, too. Um, Matt Ryan is getting benched again for the second time this year. This time in favor of Nick Foles. Right, because he did
1: so much in Chicago.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But he won a
1: Super Bowl. Yeah, that's like old
0: news now. I don't know what's the point of making this quarterback change at this point of the season. I don't know how it changes things. I'm taking the Colts regardless. It doesn't matter. The, uh, sorry. No, 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 sorry. No, I'm taking the chargers. <laughs> Thank God you corrected that. The Colts are a pointless football team right now.
1: I almost was going to call an ambulance for you.
0: I know why. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. <clears throat>
1: I have the chargers.
0: Yes. <laughs> Uh, Broncos at Rams. Both these teams are four and ten. Um, the Rams have now tied the NFL record for most losses by defending Super Bowl champ. I assume by the end of the season they will own that record, have it all to themselves. <laughs> Russell, I'm sorry. Russell Wilson. Who cares? <laughs> I'm actually taking the Broncos. <laughs>
1: Oh, you are an idiot! I got the Rams. I think like there's the- more there's more excitement around what Baker going to do in this offense than Russ is overcooked, well done. <laughs> he just he, you know left him in the oven a little too long. The airs a little too thin for him.
0: They asked for the lean cut, but they got one with a little extra fat around the edges. <laughs>
1: I mean, I if you want to talk about somebody who's a genius in marketing, like man, he got a deal of a lifetime.
0: So did Seattle.
1: But like clearly it hasn't worked out.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Last game here, I've got Bucks at Cardinals all the way at the bottom. Because the Buccaneers are horrible, but the Cardinals are another pointless team at this at this point of the season. Uh like I said before, Trace McSorley is their quarterback. Now, I wish I wasn't, but I have to take Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I got Tampa. I mean, I just can't.
0: Nope. Still haven't tuned in to in-season hard knocks because I don't care about the Cardinals. (laughs) They're just getting less and less interesting as the season goes on.
1: I don't know. Maybe listening to how Cliff Kingsbury talks in meetings would be interesting, but it's not as funny as Mike McDaniels for Miami.
0: Yeah. All right. One more quick break and then we'll come back and discuss what's going on with us involved in our fantasy football league.
1: No, No. (laughs) no. Now let's take a trip down to the fantasy corner.
0: Matt, I saw you made a transaction today.
1: Oh yeah, I gotta go look at that.
0: Sorio was very upset. Why? <laughs> because he wanted Zach Moss and bid two less, two dollars less than you.
1: <laughs> I had
0: so much money
1: left over. I spent twenty dollars on Skoronic.
0: <laughs> That's more than the Rams pay him. <laughs> yeah, I wake up this morning to Soria blowing up my phone. Like, why is Matt spending fab money? He's not even involved anymore. <laughs> uh, which That was pretty funny. Well done. Whenever he's mad at you, I would take that as a compliment. Because <laughs> it means I've done something right. Yeah, he did something that he wanted to do for himself. So um, Yeah, so the final four in the... By the way, I just put Zach Moss into my flux spot. Very nice. He's on the Colts now, right?
1: Uh, yes. So yes.
0: in the uh, the main bracket, our final four are Kevin, the defending champion, taking on Peter, who uh, will also be monitoring Jalen Hurts because he could be without both him and Tyler Lockett, who, who is for sure going to miss for Seattle with a broken finger. Uh, so that would be a huge blow for Peter. Then on the other side, you got Suryo versus Jeremy. And this is the one that projects to be the barn burner of the two. Out of these last four people uh, still alive, Jeremy's the only one who, who hasn't won the league yet, although he's been runner-up multiple times. Suryo said, so I'm taking his word for this, that in both of Suryo's two championships, he defeated Jeremy. So this is a bit of a playoff grudge match here.
1: It's going to get real.
0: And in this one, it's uh, uh, Lamar Jackson is on Jeremy's team. So if he's not ready to go, then uh, I think he's got Brock Purdy. So maybe he'll be fine either way. I don't know. I have Zach Moss.
1: I feel pretty good about that.
0: <laughs> Very good. Very well done. And then in the consolation bracket, it doesn't even matter because we both lost <laughs>
1: last week. I was so mad.
0: I don't, yeah, I mean, I'm still going to set my lineup, but I I don't know how it works anymore in the consolation bracket since we both lost, but I'm only remotely interested if we end up somehow facing off in week 17. So stay tuned to see what happens there. Is that
1: even a possibility?
0: It is because we're both in the loser bracket and we're both in like the the double loser bracket because we both lost.
1: We'll see what happens. I do feel good. I don't have the worst record. Yep. But when I'm looking across the league, like it's actually, it's not like five and nine and nine and five. Like that sounds numerically a lot, but it's not.
0: Yeah. And if you, if you look at the points that every team has scored, they're all pretty close. Except for like the top two teams. So a lot of parity in the league this year, he didn't have like a, one in twelve, zero in thirteen season by anybody this year.
1: Sorry, Billy, you were four and ten. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just salty that I I was salty because I had such a like a comeback victory. It was right there,
0: and I went in a you. Monday
1: night, .04 different. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I lost on Monday night as well because of Aaron Rodgers
1: should I get should I get McSwirley he's available should I really be Dude, do it I'll yeah. bench Joe Burley Joe, Joe Burrow
0: <laughs> what if we both tank this week to hopefully play each other next week <laughs> how does that I, work I don't even know if that would work because I don't I don't understand what happens in the, you are the commissioner that's true like nobody cares I could just make it happen just for fun I'll look into that, actually. It's a good suggestion. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I got to go. It's time to get these kids to bed. And by that, I mean myself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there we go. There it is. I got to go put in my picks.
0: And we will, um, yeah. I I guess we'll come back
1: next week. Oh, hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry
0: Christmas. I was going to say we've got some Saturday games on Christmas Eve, and that's what reminded me. (laughs) Mike, you are a genius. I am a genius uh, because bought my kids a crap load of toys that they'll just play with them and let me watch football all day on Sunday. That's the plan. <laughs> I like the way you think. <laughs> That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> Let's end the show there. <laughs> yeah.
1: See you, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us at our social media, both Twitter and Instagram, Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.